The DEA extends COVID-era telehealth prescribing flexibilities for controlled substances. The FDA approves the first-ever vaccine for respiratory syncytial virus for seniors. And new survey results find enrollment in entry-level nursing programs is down for the first time in two decades. It's Friday, May 5th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. The Drug Enforcement Administration announced Wednesday that it will temporarily keep certain telehealth flexibilities established during the COVID-19 pandemic in place that allow physicians to prescribe patients certain controlled substances, like Adderall and opioid use disorder treatments. DEA Administrator Ann Milgram said in a statement that the agency recognizes the role telehealth plays in providing access to these medications and will extend the current flexibilities while it works to find ways to both ensure access and establish appropriate safeguards. The DEA did not give a timeline for how long this extension will be. This week's announcement extends the flexibilities already in place and postpones implementing the draft rules that the DEA proposed a few months ago that would have tightened restrictions on the prescribing of controlled substances via telehealth. Among the proposed changes released in February, the DEA proposed that a patient be unable to receive controlled substances via telehealth after a 180-day grace period following the end of the COVID-19 public health emergency declaration if that patient had never been seen in person by that provider. The agency also proposed that Schedule three or higher medications, such as the opioid use disorder treatment buprenorphine, can be prescribed for 30 days via telehealth, but would require an in-person visit before a refill. The DEA reported this week that it had received more than 38,000 responses during the public comment period, an apparent record for the agency. The proposed rule received backlash from patients and some behavioral health experts who said it could penalize patients who have barriers to accessing care, including those who are un- or underinsured or have challenges with mobility or transportation. The Food and Drug Administration approved for the first time a vaccine to protect against respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, for people over the age of 60. The vaccine is called Orexv and is manufactured by GSK, formerly known as GlaxoSmithKline. The FDA said in an ongoing randomized placebo-controlled study of 25,000 participants, the vaccine demonstrated significant protection against RSV complications, like lower respiratory tract disease. That study showed that Orexv, compared to placebo, was nearly 83% effective in preventing lower respiratory tract illnesses and more than 94% effective at preventing severe disease. The FDA reported that the vaccine's side effects were generally mild, but that it would continue to monitor for serious side effects. In the large trial, 10 recipients of the vaccine, compared to four who received placebo, developed 
atrial fibrillation, a common condition which results in rapid heartbeat and can lead to blood clots in the heart. However, one participant in a smaller study developed the autoimmune condition Guillain-Barre syndrome. And in another small study where the vaccine was received along with an updated flu shot, two participants developed acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, a rare inflammation of the brain and spinal cord. One of those participants died. RSV is a common virus that most people initially catch as babies or very young children. Until now, though, researchers have not been able to create a successful vaccine to protect against it. The virus made headlines this winter as an earlier-than-normal season sickened children and coincided with COVID cases and the flu season, leading to a so-called triple-demic that pushed hospitals to capacity. RSV can be particularly dangerous for seniors and can lead to up to 160,000 hospitalizations among adults 65 years and older every year. Data released on Tuesday by the American Association of Colleges of Nursing, or AACN, found that there was a decline in the number of enrolled nursing students for the first time in two decades. Between 2021 and 2022, it found that the number of students in entry-level baccalaureate nursing programs decreased by 1.4 percent, or by roughly 3,500 students. The AACN has seen significant growth in the number of students enrolled in entry-level programs since 2001, when around 78,000 students were participating in these programs. By 2021, there were nearly 257,000 thousand similarly enrolled students. The AACN said in its release that while a one-year decline may not ultimately signal a trend, it still raises concerns. Enrollment in graduate nursing programs last year, both for master's and doctoral degrees, also declined by more than 9 percent and 4 percent respectively. The organization notes that applications to these programs were also down, and fewer qualified applications to programs were accepted last year, the latter of which the AACN said could be attributed to a number of factors, including insufficient clinical placement sites, faculty, and classroom space. Nursing shortages have plagued hospitals for years, but the COVID-19 pandemic made matters worse. According to recently released survey data from the National Council of State Boards of Nursing, roughly 100,000 nurses left the field during the pandemic, and another 800,000 plan to leave the field by 2027. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at JustHealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.